What is up, guys? It is Stu. It is the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. And in case you didn't hear, earlier this month, we announced that Urban Movement is releasing its license model. The brand that I created in Charlotte, North Carolina, that we've been so successful at wedging ourselves within the competition of the white space between the cardio heavy, you know, orange theories of the world and F45s and the CrossFit like models, the more barbell based models, the community driven models. Urban movement has found its amazing stride right in that white space. And we want to align ourselves with other owners who want to help us grow that brand in their city. We are going to be giving you everything we had created for the franchise model, which was going to cost you $250,000, but then 2020 showed up and we had to pivot. So we're practically giving it away at a license model price of $12,000 a year, $1,000 a month. That price will go up. So if you want to be in the first generation, I highly recommend submitting your inform information sooner than later. But guys, you're going to get the strictest geographical protection in the industry. Nobody else does this. You will get a license and nobody within your city limits can also open up a license. You will have full control of your city in bringing urban movement to that city. And you're finally going to have a true unique you're going to have something that doesn't look like CrossFit, doesn't look like berries. It has its own flavor and style. Anyone who walks in will instantly recognize, I haven't seen this before. That's what we've been getting here in Charlotte, North Carolina. That's what's made us so successful. And now I want to expand that success to other micro gym owners and operators. You're also not going to have to worry about any more remote workouts. We will do all the workouts for you. Movement Anywhere is a amazing feature-packed, full HD quality workout videos that surround and encompass the Urban Movement brand. And it's a perfect complement to the in-person experiences as we navigate through these crazy times. You're going to get our entire marketing and branding suite. So we have the photos, the videos, the copy. If you want Facebook ads, we'll show you which ones we've run in the past, which ones will work for you. And you're going to get full business support. My two GMs that have grown Urban Movement from day one with me. I mean, they literally have had their DNA all over the creation of this brand. We'll be working side by side with our licensees to make sure they have a successful launch. Guys, we're super excited about it. If you want to submit your interest, go to the link in my Instagram bio, put it in there, and then we'll be contacting you with the further interview and application process. Remember, only one per city, guys. One license per city. Now, if you have that license, you can open up as many as you want, but we are not going ahead and crushing this thing. We're probably going to do between five and 10 in the first year and then create second generations the next year. So I'm super excited. I'm, I'm done talking about it. Let's get into the podcast. Thank you for listening. See you soon. What is up, guys? It is Stu and it is another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. And I have Isaac back. And today we are discussing the, I don't know, it's uh, the third, the second, no, the third function of a micro gym. Number three, which is delivering. So we yes. keep talking about this, right? You have to attract, you have to convert, you have to deliver, you have to collect, and you have to connect. If you listen to the last one we just did on collecting monies, efficiency, and productivity, today we're going to be talking about delivering of the service. Once again, the caveat to this, my goal is to give you guys as much information here as possible, obviously withholding the finite details and the minutia that our licensees get, but I still, uh, all the DMs and comments I'm getting from everyone is that this has still been very helpful for them to think about their own gym. Steal what you want from this, take your own inspiration from it, but let's go ahead, Isaac, tee up for me on the delivering side. There, 
there's a lot of boring shit that we start off with in the For delivering sure. side that I think probably everyone has, but they might even have, they don't have it written down. They just have like a system to do it. Let's get the boring shit out of the way up front. Yeah, I mean, you've got to deliver is, yeah, now they're coming in for classes, so you've got to get ready for class. You've got to make sure um, that the gym is good to go. Um, so before every class, the gym is clean. You've got, um, for us, we do sweat towels and cold towels. All of that stuff has to be ready to go. Um, I mean, you could even take it a step farther back, and you have to do scheduling and make sure that, you know, the staff is ready to go and knows what they're doing ahead of time. And yeah, so I mean, it's the very simple but time-consuming sometimes stuff to get ready to make sure that your service, your product is ready to go um, for people. Yeah, and so the opening and closing details, yeah. right? Again, not to get into the boring minutia of this, but let's rewind back pre-COVID and let's rewind back when we, it was right before we started with the squares, when we put the squares down. Yeah. So all of 2019 for the most of it, we were showing up, we were, the openers were showing up probably 15 to 20 minutes earlier and we set out every barbell in a, in a flow because we didn't have squares there for everyone to go down. So for those of you guys um, that aren't aware, uh, I am what they would call a genius. And, and I said, hey, we're going to do the square thing pre-pandemic. Yeah. Yes. And, but even before, but even before we got the squares and we signed out with Signs RX and we mm -hmm. flew the owner out to do all that shit, you guys were show we were coming in the class and then you, you guys are putting the barbells in this, like in where the squares are now yeah. just so people knew where to go. Right. So that's 24 barbells setting up every fucking class and then the miscellaneous shit like you, you know maybe it was a slam ball or it was this actually it was only the stuff that we could guarantee like that we knew what weights that they would use Correct, everybody yeah. use the same barbell those fucking black boxes or the blocks the blocks yeah, yeah and having to move those around yeah at nine months pregnant so, yeah and that yeah. was so that like that kind of uh that was a huge part of our delivery that we did prior that was so inefficient from yeah. the use of time. Super nice for the client, like kinda. Yeah. Like, do I really give a fuck if they have to walk over to the barbell to get one? No. Right. Like I didn't really think like they're like, oh my God, this is such a great service. I don't have to do anything. Right. And that morning person was getting here so early. They were to getting do that. crushed. Yeah. And then the the evening person, if you know, if he he or she was not very good at making sure everyone put their own stuff away. They were cleaning up a mm -hmm. ton. And so anyway, that was a really inefficient way that we were delivering it. The squares that we have now are a way better method of this. For sure. If I could go back in time, now that we know exactly the operational capacity of an urban movement, we know the squares, I 1000% would just get uh, printed rolled rubber, like through a company like Play Flooring mm -hmm. or one of these other companies, and just have it printed on the ground. A lot of people ask about the squares and like that logistic. And while this, you know, this is kind of the delivering of the class, but it's a little bit more into kind of like maybe Deuce's stuff with the programming and whatever. But those, uh, here's another question. How are they holding up? Do they stay stuck to the floor? And here's what I'd say. Our guys left us six, seven, or eight strips. And you won't have the entire square come up. You're going to have sections of the square come up. And I would say that, you know, all of last year, they really didn't get beat, didn't get used too much. Right. But I would say out of 100% of the squares, I would say 20% of them probably need to go. We need to go get the strips. And if we were, you know, cut out the cancer, the crappy parts of the strips and replace new ones down. But that's, that's still, I don't think that's that bad. I think as long as you get a bunch of those extra strips of whatever you use. And guys, I highly recommend the, the crew over at Signs RX um, for that. But th that's the number one question I know we're going to get asked. How are those things holding up? Can you run the Bulldog Scrove over them? Yes, you can. Yeah. Can you do mountain climbers on them? Can you push sleds on them? Can you do all this shit? Yes, you can. Now, with the delivery, and we started thinking about that stuff, 
everything you listed, that opening procedure, the closing procedure, these are things that, like, we have a laundry room. We do. That's not something a lot of our licensees or most places have. Now, we had that going into this because we knew what the model we wanted it to be and the experience we wanted to provide. And you know what? Honestly, I could probably give a lot more credit to that, to the spin studio. That's what I was going to say, When when we were Mm -hmm. opening that up, like, that was much more of a spin studio. I was like, oh, the spin studio... Cause at the time, they uh, they had yeah, towels. my wife at the yeah. time, she when she's building this out, she's like, I'm gonna need towels every time. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like, actually, that's kind of nice. We should do that too. Like, but we have that on site. Have you? Did you ever check in? Like, have you ever like been doing laundry? I'm like, fuck this, and went and researched like a service just like because I don't want to do this anymore. No, no, good, perfect, no, <laughs> good to hear. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I get a lot of people ask like, I don't have a laundry on site. I think what you do is smart. What would you recommend? There's services for that kind of right. thing. I recommend. I mean, because it is. I mean, there's. Hundreds of towels a day, you are fucking washing, soaking yeah. in tea tree, lavender, eucalyptus, uh, you know, putting in the re- giant yeah. fucking refrigerator we have for these things. Because we've got the sweat towels, we've got the cold towels, we also have showers, so we've got shower towels. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a ton, guys. You know, uh, towelhub.com, for anyone out there, highly recommend towelhub.com. You'll be spending maybe 65 to a dollar per towel, but you will go through these. They magically do disappear. Yeah. But it is a nice talk trigger. It is a nice element of surprise and delight light when they experience that here and then it's funny because if they go to another gym and they're like ew I didn't even have a towel this place is gross and it's just like we set the standard yeah. up really high so on that that's the boring side of delivery um all those things that we have to prep for I when I really think of the delivery of the service it's less about what's happening on the floor in class I want to you know I want to save that we can talk about the coaching side a little bit but talk to me a little bit about all the things that you think of in the like happen at the front desk which is like our command station yeah so a lot of things happen obviously so when i say first impression first impression for that day they're members but they so they've already had their first impression of the gym but first impression of how class is going to go for that day so wanting that to be a nice positive experience um, the coach, sometimes we have multiple coaches up there, whoever is around just to, um, have that kind of friendly interaction, I think is, is real important. So we have a front desk, which I think has been great. Talk um, about, yeah, let's talk about the actual delivery of the front desk and how, why and how we do it with energy exchanges. Yeah. Um, so with energy exchanges, we have some people who will work the front desk for us. So we'll be an extra body up at the front desk during our busier times, which are evening classes. Um, so that is an extra person to help us with check-in for members. They also do things like they help us with all of the the cold towels and the sweat towels and all that stuff being made um, and, and help us clean, like keep everything organized and stuff up front too. But the energy exchange is just, for us, we do one time a week, um, one shift a week, and then they get a, a membership. Yeah, so out it comes that. out to 12 hours a month mm-hmm. for, yeah. yeah. So if you guys have ever heard my things, um, I'm a big fan of the energy exchange. Generally, our energy exchanges, where they come from, it is someone who comes in, does the free week or the promotional reset series, and they can't afford it when we go to convert. Yeah. But they were super cool. They loved it. They looked the part. They act the part. We say, hey, we have this option. And I don't know, 40%, I don't know what percentage people take you up on it. But I mean, there's been times like it comes in and we'll talk about the pros and cons of this in a second, but yeah, it's really nice because that person is not like, there's like, well, why can't you close them? Cause they can't afford it. You can't fucking close everybody. Right. Like in this idea of hard closing people is not something that exists in our culture at urban movement. So we offer them this, Hey, for 12 hours a month, you come up here and work the front desk and you can kind of time it up if you want, like come and hit an open gym workout and then you can work the evening shift or do this shift and then work whatever it may be. And people take us up on it and it works and you, you throw them, you know, extra inventory and shirts that we have. We throw them a fucking, you throw them some gear put on so they're branded and they are 
invaluable having that human being up there. And we'll have some people like uh, some of the, a couple of the girls like do odd hours. They work, they do their shift in the middle of the day when there are no classes, right. and they're getting the windows done and they're cleaning. The, you yeah. know, you know, they're doing all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great position. Uh, I love it. I would never want to spend payroll dollars on it if I could avoid it because yeah. it's not going to be a career position in our company. We did that for a little bit. We did. We tried. Yeah. Yeah. It was a little rough. It, it was a little rough and it just, it's hard because nobody wakes up one day and says, I want to be a front desk manager. I want to be a front desk lead or whatever. Yeah. Like it, that's, that's a part-time gig for somebody who is working their way through their life and looking right. for the extra income and enjoys being in the gym. Right. And then for this energy exchange, that's normally people who are invested in the gym anyway, when it was a paid position, it was... They, the, they wouldn't always come the, to work the out. high school kid yeah. that was looking for a couple extra dollars that wasn't quite who we were Correct. looking for. Correct. So for us to deliver a really good experience at the front desk, I like it because that person generally knows people coming in. They already get the lingo. People are like, oh, what's the workout today? And boom, there's that amazing interaction. Other things we do, you know, and I, I just brought this up the other day. We need to get better at doing this. I think we got, we got slack on this. Little, There are little things we do with surprise and delight that are like, I like opening up the front door. I right. like having the person at the front desk or one of us, if we see somebody coming up we have all this beautiful glass looking out into the parking lot and we don't know they could be coming in for coffee they could be coming in for gym they could be coming in for spin yeah. fuck it i don't care we go to their front door open it up hey welcome to urban movement yeah. blah 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 covid took us away from that yeah fuck it like i, I i'm at the point where can we just get back to that i like it no that would be lovely i want still real. i it's not it's it's real but it's not like really real okay cool we'll table that conversation <laughs> <laughs> no, COVID's real. I know COVID's real. I just don't want, I want it's after effect to get back from fucking up my client experience. Anyway, beyond that, uh, the delivering of what we do in class uh, doesn't even, like at the front desk, it doesn't just end there. I think the front desk, when I talked about it earlier, is a command station. It also acts for the delivery of the service. All the, the hand-to-hand combat we have to have. Talk to me a little bit about that. Someone comes in and what are all the things a coach or someone at the front desk has got to be ready to handle. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we do a, we do a check-in. We actually have like an iPad where people check in. And when we do that, I mean, it's conversations of, Hey, my, my back's bothering me or, Hey, I got this janky knee thing. Like there's something going on. You can, you can start that conversation with them instead of waiting until the middle of class. So you could start the conversation about, um, what kind of modifications you'll need to make in class. It's a time where people are often talking about their, memberships, right? That's a really good uh, space for people to... It's really good as long as they show up like 10, 15 minutes early. For sure. It's the yes. worst when they show up a minute right. early. And then know? the coach has to then just be like, okay, we're going to talk about that after class or whatever. But um, but yeah, I mean, so, hey, I'm out of classes. I want to upgrade or hey, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like they just kind of have tweaks to their membership. Um, and so it's a time to talk about that. Um, you have you? like, so when I think about the front desk, you have a, you've created this printable sheet. Mm-hmm. It's printed every single time. We even had it laminated at one point, I mm-hmm. think as well. And that's for the front desk girl yep. to make sure you're getting all the shit done front or front desk guy. And there is always a, a note section at the bottom that you have for any leads, prospects, or membership members that we think are coming in are already scheduled for today, and we need that. We need to relay information for them because you might not be here in the evenings when this is going right. on. You might be already gone. So that front desk individual needs to know there's this console coming in. His name is Jacob. Here's his background information. Deuce knows he's coming in. Oh, and then there's two members. They're going to have billing questions, and they make sure you do this. That very simple level, I mean, like that's as simple as a piece of paper or one that's laminated or just freshly print every day that you write notes on. Mm-hmm. 
Um, that is such a simple way to do it at the front desk, and it's in it, it's a checklist. And then with the laminated one, they just literally check it off and they leave it there on the front desk at the end of the night. They sign off on it, and that way you're able to go back. Because then if the toilet paper isn't restocked or so and so wasn't uh, reminded they are out of classes and they got to take a class for free because the front desk person just let them go by, you're easily to go back and and kind of contract contact trace that to the fuck up the origin of that fuck up yeah so at that front desk modifications you know people coming in i've got this boo-boo i've got that boo-boo what you know what can i do about it all that kind of stuff they get into class right they've gone through our command center at the front desk they are now in class um you know our front desk also to you know tells them what equipment to have that's another kind of workflow that we have people we they can look at the workouts a week ahead of time Sometimes they do, sometimes they still forget. So they come in every day, hey, you're going to need this, this, and this. And everyone grabs their own equipment and brings it to their spot. When they hit class, tell me about the delivery of the coaching service. And while, you know, the programming stuff, you know, is induces wheelhouse, the, you're the longest standing coach uh, here. What is that? Talk about the delivery of the service in a class setting. Outside of the logistics of the actual class, I don't want to get into that. But I want to think, like, when you're going through a class, we think of a couple things like let, let's just start with like the the coaching over cheerleading. Yeah. So um, difference of coaching and cheerleading, right? Cheerleading is you're going to be just encouraging, right? You're just yelling things um, that get motivates people to move faster to fill a void in the no- yeah, yeah, yeah yeah to to feel like people are being pushed or to to just kind of encourage people. Yeah. Um, let's go. Which One is more great. minute. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. People do want to yes. be encouraged and do want to feel pushed. It's necessary. Yes. You don't want to have a loud, a long void in, in a class setting, you know, workouts right. going on and the coach hasn't done any kind of general cheerleading type, right. uh, you know, activity. Right. I think there was one point. Uh, when you when I was first started coaching that you said that somebody shouldn't be able to walk in and then like three minutes go by and they still don't know who the coach of the class is. Sure, yeah. So I do think that there is some, you do need to be loud at some point. Correct. But then the, the difference in coaching is you are actually providing cues to people. You are guiding them through their workouts. I think of coaching as, of course, there is the group coaching, but then you can get into the more individual conversations as you go as well. Yeah. And short, obviously short conversations. Not. I've had people asking, okay, so for Urban Movement, how many touch points do you guys like to have for class? And, my, and, um, that, and I always look at that individual like, you're asking the wrong question. Because if you really zoomed out and you've been, you're an operator and you've been doing this for a while, you'd realize there can't be a set answer because if you have six people in class and you give everyone five touch points, it's going to be really fucking annoying. Yeah. Like, like yeah. when, you, you know, when you have a big class, you can't give everyone five touch points. You have to give everyone one to two. Like it, It's a math game based on attendance. That's why I tell everyone to focus on the microeconomics of their micro gym because it dictates so much of the rest of the experience. So, you know, we go around, we, you know, we do look at everything from the tactile, visual, and verbal cues Right. If let's say on average a, a sold out class of twenty four, we're gonna try to give everybody at least two of those. That's forty eight touch points within that period of time. When you're when we're doing the coaching on the floor, the way the squares are laid out, right? We walk. If you think I think it's thinking it's a map, we walk east to west. So um, north to south, east and west, there are lanes in between our squares of around eight feet. They're way bigger than what they need to be. I could fit, we could fit more people in here if I would have done this better. But we have this eight-foot hallway in be, east to west, and that's where the coaches kind of walk. We don't really walk north to south unless we kind of go out to that little corridor by the, the ergs, right. right? 
with that kind of flow, have you in your head as you've gone, like, do you have like a traffic pattern that you follow or is it just based on the need of where you need to go at the time? Yeah. I mean, you're generally weaving through. Yeah. Do you like, yeah, I, I make yeah, laughs. I kinda, yeah. Like I just kind of weave through it. Yeah. yeah. Like thinking about it, I literally, whether I plan to do it in my head or not, I just make laps consistently. Mm-hmm. If I see something gross and it takes me yeah. off my deviated, but my path, I have to deviate because there's someone in the back just completely fucking this up. I go back and fix that. But essentially it's, and especially in the COVID times, it's also one of those things where I'm probably standing still off to the side way more than I used to just because I don't know what everyone's comfort level right. is with getting up super close and supplying a tactile or yeah. a, a verbal cue or whatever the fuck that may be. Um, I was really, I was walking through here. I just stopped by to grab something and one of the girls in the back, I didn't like, I didn't like her position on a pull up and I didn't have a mask on. Like I was just running here to grab something. I didn't have shit on and I just like put my hand over my mouth and tapped her on the back real quick. I was like, hey, can I show you something? And just real quick did whatever and left. But it's like, I think the delivering of the service now, I think a lot of micro gym owners can relate to this. It does feel way more verbal cue based mm-hmm. and cheerleading based just because of that lack of personal interaction. And visual based. Because sure, again, yeah. each gym is different, but when right currently our coaches are wearing masks. And so the verbal one in the middle of the workout is very challenging. It is. Um, and so I've done a lot more visual cues of like, you know, just basically miming out, you're doing this, I need you to do this. Yeah. Um, and, you know, getting better at doing those. Sure. sure. Getting, yeah. getting better at it, figuring it out and the one thing I like about our style of tempo training, the lack of complexity yeah. truly dumbs down. And I hate seeing that, but like it truly does dumb down the coaching. And then a lot of people are like, but I want to, you know, I'm a coach. I want to, you know, put on this amazing fucking performance for everybody. Like you're a group coach. You are not an iron chef, bro. You're literally a line cook. Like, and if you think anything beyond that, you have got an ego that needs to just be sat down and talked to be like, listen, you can still be a great coach, but there's no way for you. Like, there's no way for you to express it in a group setting. What is it that you know about these higher tiers of coaching that actually comes out in this group setting? It doesn't. It gets watered down. And I, I think the best coaches out there realize that. That's why a lot of the ones like to go to individual design or they really like if you really want to flex your coaching muscle, you you do one-on-one coaching to some degree, digital or in person. You you don't do it in group. There's no fucking way. Yeah. Um, let's let's continue, stay on the the, the floor here. This idea of delivering a service, me and Deuce just talked about this on the last podcast. We talked about delivering them strength or conditioning. Now, me and him mm-hmm. talked about why we did that in class from more of a programming perspective. Talk to me about from a delivering just the basic, the service of a class perspective, what goes through your head? It is group, but we know in a group, not everybody has the same goals, right? So you want to be able to make um, the workout work for everybody or that person who's brand new or, you know, newer and maybe not the best mover. You don't want to have to shove strength and going heavy down their throats you want them to just like get better at the movements but I I think it's something that separates us out from a lot of gyms CrossFit gyms especially I think where um it's it's not just this is what you should be doing it's we're going to take this path if or you're going to take this path if and uh and it it kind of leaves that up to the person to figure out yeah what they want to do or I am also good at telling people what to do if they're just kind of standing there and not like looking around while everybody else is grabbing weights, you know, to go to that person and be like, okay, go grab tens. Sure. And let them start from there. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 yeah you do do that, do that very well. And if you see someone going lighter than you should, you're able to go and, and poke it and say, 
would you like to go have your like almost right. give them permission? Yeah. I feel like sometimes, you know, me and do I do said, what do you think more people like? And he said, I think more people opt for conditioning. And I think a lot of people maybe because we don't have that competitive culture are looking just to be goaded a little bit at times mm-hmm. to do that because this is not a competition where everyone's staring at each other's barbell. What do you got? What do you got? What do you got? It's yeah. just like I do my own shit. I do actually notice that in females. That, that they, they default to not putting a whole lot on there. But if I suggest, like, hey, you could try to put, like, five, you know, fives on each side, I start noticing that those that I give that to will later come back to me and, and like, just brag to me of, like, I ended up putting tens on and yeah. da da And it's just, like, and they're, like, clearly proud of themselves for doing that. And I think that's the right way to do it. When you're delivering the service, I feel like when we were a CrossFit gym, we, we goaded them into doing it or our encouragement came from there's this prescription on the whiteboard mm-hmm. and it says this number. And this is a number we've said is significant. It makes you important. It makes you fit. Right. And if you can't do it underneath than that, that makes you feel like shit. I literally just, you know, I went uh, snowboarding last weekend and I got done with my instructor and uh, <laughs> I didn't do well. And, and let me just put it that way. And my instructor goes, now there's some greens and blue hills over here, slopes, right? But I think you should just stay right here. And I was like, well, what do you think I should be on? Well, oh, I, by now you should probably definitely be on that <laughs> green or blue. And I'm like, oh, like, but you're not, so stay over here. Versus like if it would have been like, hey, like, and again, I, these are slopes. So you can't really – it's not yeah. as dynamic as a workout. But I was just like it. I was I did not meet the standard to right. that. And that – and nobody – there's nobody on that mountain who knows who the fuck I am. But I felt embarrassed. Right. As it, like, you should have been doing that. Correct. Now yeah. isolate that down to like – 22 people staring at a coach in front of a whiteboard and saying, okay, if you're good enough, this yeah. is the number, go grab that blue or go grab that kettlebell. And then you're like, well, I can't grab that kettlebell. I've got to. it just, yeah. I love the idea of uh, us supplying the option and then the coach facilitating that in hand to hand combat. We talked earlier, well, Stu, if you're not, you're doing more coaching, less cheerleading. Well, maybe you're doing more cheerleading in COVID, but, but your program isn't overly complicated. And then what coaching are you giving? There's still so much basic coat. Like there's more opportunity to give tactile, verbal, or visual cues in our model, right? With tempo with half the times we're putting brakes on people because their tempo is too fast or whatever Mm -hmm. it may be. But there's so much more opportunity there to deliver high quality coaching in that realm. Cause when I was teaching someone the snatch back in the day, I had to triage. Okay. Well, which one of their fucked up parts of this movement am I going to like say? Yeah, I mean, there's absolutely opportunities, and people still want to improve and get better, you know, um, and there are some people who want to be more knowledgeable on things. Like, I was in the uh, middle of a class yesterday, and we had squats, and we left it. We could do front squat or back squat. So then, of course, right as we're about to start, I've got one person that's like, well, what's the difference? Like, what? why would I do one over the other? And it's like, can't answer that in this group setting when I'm on my clock and it's time to go. But as soon as class starts, I walk on over. You know, as soon as the workout starts, I walk over into them and have that conversation. Sure. And then it's something that can be addressed at the end, like when we're doing our stretching and cool towel and stuff. You can address the class, and whoever wants to listen will listen. But it, but so people still want to learn, so there is room for, you know, flexing your coaching knowledge for sure, but just not in that group setting all the time. I, I think of, like, the orange theories and the berries of the world are the flight attendant with the buckle before the airplane Mm -hmm. saying, do it like this. Mm -hmm. I think of the CrossFit gyms that are like, they have the group instruction, everyone PVC pipe and scarecrow, and this is how you set up for your handstand pushup. I I see that. And then once it comes to the workout, it's kind of like every person for themselves kind of there. And I look at what we do right there in the middle is where there's this group instruction 
but the amount of hand-to-hand combat, like with that, you know, that traffic pattern is going square mm-hmm. to square to square to square to square and having a, something to say. I remember, you know, one of the best coaches ever, he told me, he said, don't use filler words. If you walk by somebody, you just say good. Yeah. There's nothing, like that's just a filler word, right? So like delivering something that is going to be like, hey, great job, but, or great job, try this, or great job, even if it's just something occurred, hey, great job, how many rounds you in? Two? Okay. This round is, this interval is halfway over. Let's try to get two more. Right. All right. I want to come back. I want to hear you in two more. You got it? Let's do this. Like that kind of shit is where I think nobody walks out of an urban movement saying I don't get any coaching. I, I also think nobody walks out of an urban movement saying I feel like I failed the work. I don't know why I sweat. I showed up. I sweat. I worked really hard, but I feel like I failed it. And and that's, again, the whole, the whole purpose of why we went the way we went with yeah. everything. Let's talk. Let's get off the floor for a second, and let's just go ahead and get to all the the things that have to happen. They're kind of like the the end of the the this delivery. Kind of, we're back at the front desk at this point. Yeah. Class ends. Coach has handed everyone the cold sweat towel. People are socializing. They're doing the deep stretch thing, and we've got this ten minute gap. Right. We run these very tight timelines. We are not purposely talking about all this. Again, this is more reserved for our licensees. But we've got this nice ten fat minute timeline at the end. As soon as that class is done, though, coach has got to get the fuck out. He's not hanging out on the floor and socializing. That's not the point. We want that communication, questions from customers, inquiries to happen at our command center, which is the front desk. Mm-hmm. So just talk, like wrapping this podcast up, what are some of the things you're thinking of, which are essentially just the the follow-up to everything we talked about in the beginning? And that's, and that's what it is. It's what did you talk about when they were coming in, um, especially when it comes to the like the membership information and billing questions and all that stuff. Bring that back up just, you know, as, as So as Sally comes in, it's like, I'm out of classes. And you're like, okay. So do you want to upgrade this like two months in a row? She's like, uh, I don't know. Like, okay, let's hit the workout yeah. and let's talk about it afterwards. Right. And the way to do that too is you've got to make sure it's a real simple thing. But when you are done with class, say, Sally, before you leave, come see me up at the front That's desk. That's so big. And it's so like it's such a small thing, but it makes such a difference because otherwise you've got 23 other people. Somebody's going to start talking to you about something else or that person just is going to run out the door and forget that they had the conversation. That's such a big thing. So when we have a prospect in and after yeah. we've delivered that first tr- class or whatever, we always, you know, that there's way more hand holding with them, helping them put their shit away, taking them up to the front desk, getting them set up. When it's regular membership that's in class, let's say there are no prospects and we need to have discussions with individuals because it's something they brought to us in the beginning or, you know, I don't know, uh, Deuce's coaching class and then you realize that so-and-so's paid in full just came to an end while they're here let's go ahead and close that again hey listen so-and-so Sally's shit is you know expired go ahead and tell her afterwards to come see me at the front desk like that kind of communication but this also comes to the fact that running with just one coach um, when there's a back-to-back class scenario is not horrible it'll get the job done it is it is so below optimal it's not even funny right for the right. sales, retention, all that stuff. And yeah. for any of you guys listening that have really low staff, again, my number one thing you need to invest in is HR, not your fucking equipment, not any of that. You need to have a second like person there, not just for on the floor. I had a guy try to tell me, he's like, no, I for my model, I want two coaches on the floor at all the time. I remember when we used to say that too. I, yeah. I used to remember that. I was a CrossFit gym. I was trying to deliver the best service possible. It, taking that back now, or not taking it back, but look at this, I want two people too. But I want one of them to be running operations and sales and yeah. retention. Yeah. Now, I don't need I don't need two coaches on the floor anymore. I can literally run one coach and one front desk girl. Boom. Right. Solid staff. Yeah. I mean, honestly, so when Deuce is coaching a class and I'll come and like walk out and sometimes it is more of the like I'm just building 
rapport with people than it is like I'm helping them with their workout or helping him coach class. It's just the like, oh, hey, Megan, haven't seen you in a bit. Oh, good to see you. Cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, like just. Um, just coach should be done. You yeah, do it. Coaching is done. Yeah, sure. right, right. But for the majority of what we have, it is coachable by one person. Yes. Right. Very um, much so. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, if you are on that limited staff, it's the biggest thing is sticking to your timeline. If you have that 10 minute buffer built in, you have to stick to that 10 minute buffer because you have to go start checking the next people in, yes. right? Like, so you cannot lose your timeline if you are a short staff. I think that'll be the biggest thing that we'll need to teach the licensees is to, you know, we one of our phrases we use is respect the tempo. It's going to be like respect the fucking timeline. Yeah. Like you have to understand your timeline and to make that a good fluid experience because God forbid you have your coach at 5 o'clock and it ends at 5.50, so you have that 10-minute buffer and you go eight minutes over, but you also had a prospect coming in for yeah. six that, and you're yeah. a solo coach yeah. that, and, like, you don't have a front desk – you're creating a shit experience from the drop. Um, guys, that is, that's a lot of how we look at it from a 30,000 foot view of like delivering our service end to end. A lot of nuances in there. If you have questions, um, you know, anything like that, please shoot us a DM. And until next time, we will see you fuckers later.